Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Fangirls Podcast, a place for fun, fandoms, friendship, and most importantly, fangirling. I'm Julie, and today we have lit our Saint Stan candle because it is the seventh day. And on the seventh day, we pray to our Saint Stan, the creator of all things Marvel, more specifically, She-Hulk. Who better to talk all things She-Hulk than with our special correspondent, Melinda. Welcome back, friend. Hello. Thank you for having me back. I'm excited. I absolutely love the show. This was everything we needed and more. Shen Walters is amazing. She is a superhero bestie that I didn't know I needed in my life, especially for the past nine weeks, nine Thursday nights. Oh, my Lanta. This show was just everything. Shout out to Marvel. I really got to give it up. They addressed the toxic fanboy syndrome that has plagued Marvel for so many years. And they addressed it head on. I'm kind of proud. I'm kind of proud. They knew, hey, we're going to make fun of this situation and we're going to do it right. And they got the right cast to do it. They got the right team of writers. I'm I'm just super impressed with the show. How about you, friend? Loved. I loved it. So I was a little uninterested at first because Hulk, not really me think, wasn't familiar with the She-Hulk comics and didn't know which way that Marvel was going to take it. And I only knew that she was the first character in the Marvel comics to break the fourth wall. And I thought, oh, they're not going to do it. It's so obscure. And they did it. And as soon as they showed the trailer that she broke the fourth wall, I was all in for it. And I was super excited and I couldn't wait to watch it. And I really enjoyed it. It was a really fun show. The only thing I would have to say I wasn't crazy about was Titania's storyline. Everything else was flawless. Yes, I expected Titania to have a much bigger presence in the show other than, you know, two or three episodes. So I was really, I was really bummed we didn't see more of her. See, it wasn't that I was bummed. It was, what is the point of this character? You're just really annoying. I know in the comic, she is Jen's arc (laughs) nemesis. And it just didn't come across that way. It just came across as an influencer who was jealous that Jen was getting attention for kind of the same things that she was able to do as well. You did find a few good gems of Titania... The phone number? Yes. There were billboards of the She-Hulk attorney at law around wherever. We'll say LA for all intensive purposes and Titania vandalizing them. And you had this brilliant idea that would never cross my mind. I was just like, oh yeah, it's a billboard with a phone number. Sure. And you're like, I'm going to call it. (laughs) I'll be honest. I was one truly into this conversation and you called me and you were like, you need to call this phone number right now. And I was like, what are you talking about? And you're like, just do it. Don't ask questions. It'll be totally worth your time. I'll let you explain to our listeners what this recording was. So when we were first shown the phone number, it is basically an interactive advert for the show. And when you called, it was basically you're calling Jennifer's voicemail. And it was her business message that you heard into the voicemail and explaining what her job was and what she what she did. And you could hear Bruce Banner in the background commenting. She's like, are you an Asgardian who leaves burned imprints on everyone's front lawn? And Bruce is like, oh, I knew who that is. <laughs> yeah, like, was he your home destroyed in a battle with aliens. It was very funny and it changed throughout the series. At one point when Titania took over the She-Hulk brand, 
Titania left a voicemail message and you could listen to Titania goes, I love you all, except for you, Jen. <laughs> and, and then after the trial at the end of the show, it changed to Mallory leaving a voicemail message for you to listen to. So it was a lot of fun. And I remember messaging you going, fine, I'll call this every freaking week if I have to. And <laughs> practically had a call it every week. Well, you've got casting for us. Yes. Tatiana Mazenly is Jennifer Walters. There is Ginger Gonzaga as Nikki Ramos. Josh Sagara plays Augustus Pug. Pugliese. We have Renee Elise Goldsberry, who plays Mallory Brooke. And there is Jamila Jamil, who plays Titania. And of course, we have Mark Ruffalo back as the Hulk. And what we have for this season is we are introduced to Jennifer Walters. She's an attorney specializing in superhuman-oriented legal cases who must navigate the complicated life of a single 30-something who also happens to be a green six-foot-seven-inch superpowered Hulk. Well, I'm ready for some tea. Are you ready for some tea? Let's spill it. All right, folks. This is the part of the show where we spill the tea. This is your spoiler alert. So if you don't want spoilers, now's your chance to tune out and come back later. I was so impressed with the show. There were a lot of double standards that the MCU addressed in this season from the get-go. And I mentioned something of a walk of shame per our fave, Mr. Daredevil. And you immediately spoke up and said, yeah, isn't it weird that it's a walk of shame for women, but it's a victory lap for dudes? And you were mentioning how you were seeing it in the comments. And I was like, that is so rude. How dare these toxic fanboys just take over and say, no, it's a victory lap. Get off my planet. Get off my planet with that. No, no. I want to see walk of shame, daredevil at LA Comic-Con. If I don't see at least one cosplay walk of shame, and it will be a walk of shame. We will make a point of saying, nice walk of shame, bro. I will support you Hulk smashing. Right. Anyone who says, no, it's a victory stride. Because like you stated, that's what women have had to deal with. We are the ones who have to, you know, walk out with our shoes because the heels hurt and then are shamed for the one night with a guy. And that was what this was a commentary on. They spun it around and it was Daredevil walking on grass. He had to go out and touch some grass. I loved it. But yeah, but like everyone in the comments was all, it was a stride of pride. It's They're patting him on the shoulder. They're like, that's the bat we know. And not even 10 minutes later in the episode, Jennifer's entire career and life are ruined because a group of guys shame her in front of her colleagues for doing the exact same thing that Daredevil did in the episode. Well, they also did double standards just for what, people who identify as women just deal with in general. Like Dennis immediately in the first episode tells Jennifer she has to smile. Who Raise your hand if you've been told you need to smile more at the workplace. We're raising our hands. We're raising our hands. I, like, I know you guys can't see us, but we're raising our hands. Raising our hands. So I was like, oh, dude. So, and, and then when Jennifer is introduced as defending Dennis for his case, he's like, no, 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 I don't want her. She's not qualified. I want him. And turns to Pug and Pug is the good guy. Like he's a gem. And he's like, you're kidding me, right? Like Jennifer's more than qualified. Why me? It's like, oh, it's the mentality that men are more qualified simply because they are men. And we have to do twice the work while earning less Mm -hmm. to do the same job. Or another example is when Jen is on the island with Bruce, she jumps into the Jeep. They've specifically focused on Jen fixing the car seat and adding a bumper seat to be higher and closer. 
and I have to sit six inches away from the steering wheel. And it was a small moment in the show that probably it went over my head at first. And then I when we watched it. I was like, I have to do the same thing. It and was very then, relatable. Very relatable. And I've seen comments where, where women post silly videos of them in the car online. And guys are saying, why are you sitting too close to the steering wheel? And then you're like, dude, cars aren't designed for us. We got to be that close. Mm-hmm. Stop being jerks about it. I didn't realize how much rage I had about that, but <laughs> when, or how much I related to that moment where she's like, I have to get the booster seat. I got to pull the seat forward. I'm like, yes, got to adjust the steering wheel. I totally related to that moment. Jen's my bestie. I understand this. Right. <laughs> All right. Serious question time, friend. Ready? Yes. All right. Favorite character. Oh, okay. Well, obviously Jen, Jen Walters is my bestie. Yes. And I love Wong to the moon and back and Matt Murdock has my heart. But Madison with two N's and one Y, but it's not where you think. She's my favorite. I'm just sold on Jen. Jen was the heart of the show. There wasn't a time where I didn't want to hang out with her. I want to have lunch with her. I want to tell her all my problems. And she can't relate to any of them because hers are superhero related. But that's okay. I lived for Jen. Favorite episode. You know, I enjoyed episode eight. I also really loved episode nine. They went so hard with breaking the fourth wall. So those are my two favorites, episodes eight and nine. Okay. I was sold on episode eight. I cannot tell you how much I want to see Jen Walters and Matt Murdock babies. You can't see me. I'm making hearts. Yes. So <laughs> I ship them so much. When they were sitting on the balcony at Lilypad, I was like kicking my feet and I was giggling <laughs> and they were just like leaning back and forth and like teasing with each other and bantering and flirting. I was like, oh my God, this is perfect. All right. Favorite cameo? Well, you know, I, I do love seeing Wong on screen. Uh, I was bummed when I couldn't meet Benedict Wong last year at Comic-Con. We kind of went at the last minute and his tickets were already sold out. But Matt Murdock <laughs> is my favorite. And I remember calling you and I was like, it's Matt Murdock at the family picnic, but he's wearing flannel. It's boyfriend material wearing boyfriend material. I really like this new version of Daredevil. He's much more lighthearted. The jokes are fantastic. And it seems like he's got a therapy and it's not this really dark mental space that Netflix had for him. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen in Daredevil Reborn. That's one of my favorite projects that I'm looking forward to in phase five. Okay. Favorite end credit scene. Okay. Well, it's a toss up between the Megan the Stallion bit at the end because I just got all the toxic fans mad and that's what they did it. And I love it. I did enjoy the scene with Madison and Wong sitting on the couch having like a TV show marathon and she's just <laughs> asking him like, oh, what drinks, which drinks are your favorite? Which ones have you tried? <laughs> she's like, we have to go out and do all this stuff. All right. Last question. Biggest mic drop scene. Okay. I had a hard time with this because I, I watched it twice and it didn't really feel like there was any like big mic drop sequences. But the one that I really enjoyed was when she first turns into She-Hulk at the courthouse. Okay. And Nikki's like, go change. She's like, no, no, give me your shoes. And she's like, do I have to? And she takes care of Titania and everyone's like, who are you? And she says her name. And then it cuts scene and it plays a song. It was that was a pretty fun moment to watch. Just to see her be able to control when she can change was was awesome. Okay. I would say my biggest mic drop scene for for this specific season of She-Hulk was when they introduced Kevin as a bot. 
<laughs> and it had the hat. It had the hat. I just feel like what better way to say that Kevin Feige is a paid actor. And this is <laughs> the best way to illustrate all of Marvel storylines coming together and why there's a bias, why there's certain reruns of storylines and whatever daddy issues and all the other things under the sun and that they constantly replay. And I thought this is such a good way to illustrate that. And this robot did not miss a beat. He's like, oh, okay, we can adjust that. All right. And oh, you're sitting down. (laughs) You've got more on your mind. Oh, oh gosh. And she's like, are we going to get the exit? And then it was like the cheeky wink to the camera. Like, I got you guys. You're like, yes, you're asking the important questions, Jen. You know us. (laughs) She just had so many great one-liners in that scene. That covered so much territory. <laughs> and I think the biggest mic drop line was she was going off, well, I'm a Hulk. I smash things, give or take maybe some Matt Murdock. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I am living for this episode. You cannot replace this gem of an actress. You will forever be a staple in the MCU. And I approve this message. When she looks at the camera during the fight at the shed and she's like, is this working for you guys? And it cuts... <laughs> to the Disney Plus menu screen, I mm-hmm. legit thought I pressed something on my remote and I was <laughs> like, what did I just do? And then you see her busting out the icon. She was like, hang on, hold on a second. And jumps into an episode of Assembled so she could go on the Disney lot. Oh, and then the music they played, the Missy Elliott song down the hallway. Oh my God, it was I freaking want fantastic. Yes. Missy, you did a great job. It was so great. Just the whole, you're saying daddy issues. And she's like, Thor... Daddy issues. Loki, same dad, same issues. Peter Quill, two dads, two daddy issues. Oh, it's so great. Well, friend, it's been lovely. Thank you so much for joining us today. This was so much fun. I don't know. I just feel like Jen Walters was our weekly check-in call of why we fangirl, why we do what we do. Jen Walters, we're big fans. Keep up the great work. I'm looking forward to season two. Yes. Please. Season two and or a movie. We'll take either one. Either one. Both. Both is good. Yes. And now it is time for the Fangirl Spotlight of of the Week. Including hats, t-shirts, mugs, and so much more. All the info will be in the show notes. The Fangirls podcast is now on Etsy. Our shop has a variety of original custom-made fandom-inspired artwork in digital download form with prints inspired by Outlander, Bridgerton, Harry Potter, Marvel, and more. You're sure to find a design that celebrates your favorite fandom. Link to our store and all the info will be in the show notes. Fangirls podcast is brought to you by Believe Podcast Network, and we want to take a moment and thank you for tuning into our podcast. Please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts so that we can dish and spill the tea with more fangirls and fan guys like you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast to hear all of our latest episodes. We love hearing from you. So connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Check out our website to see all that the fangirls are up to. We post a monthly shopping guide called the fangirls favorite things inspired by your favorite fandoms. All the information will be in the show notes. See you next time. See you next time. Disclaimer time. Drop it like it's hot. We here at the Fangirls Podcast are not affiliated with the following. Marvel Studios, The Walt Disney Company, Marvel Entertainment, Disney Plus, and Netflix. We're just fans who know the difference between serums, oils, and tonics, and I'm not sure when or how that happened. Because I know the difference. I'm not sure about you, but I'm with you. I definitely I know the difference. No. I know. I don't know how I know, but I do. Here's my girl card. (laughs) 
It's on. I'm gonna fire. get you to a beauty store stat. Right. <laughs> yep. Just really big fans. Just really big fans. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.